we emphasize how to think about brand, how to think about customers, how to think about product, how to think about using not just design, but design with strategy, strategy with design, how to think about how to collaborate. In this podcast, we'll talk about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business, lessons we've learned, and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. Today we have an absolute fantastic show. As we talked about back in episode 22, we wanted to bring the one and only Marty Neumeyer back to talk brand and include his partner in crime, the wonderful Andy Starr, to talk all things brand, level C, and whatever magic happens. Marty and Andy, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thanks. So good to have you. Yeah, it's uh... you. You say you say that now, but when you have bad cop, worse cop. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of that, here's the thing. I we Karen and I were uh, just laughing about your bios. I love the bios in level C, which we'll get to, and we'll get, talk about all things branding. But first, Andy, I, I need some details here. Okay, <laughs> like James Taylor, the Pope, hit me. I need more yeah, details. Man. What's that about? Uh, I wouldn't, I, I mean, so James Taylor, I met when I was in music school. I went to music school in Boston once upon a time. And uh, James Taylor's brother was on the faculty, at least at that time. And long, long, funky story short, but, you know, at like four o'clock on a Friday afternoon when all the other students are, you know, weekending, right? Um, I found myself with a friend in a guitar lab with James Taylor's brother and we'd heard stories about how whenever James Taylor was in between tours and he'd be back kind of in the area he would casually just show up and, and to see his brother and this was one of those days and you know kind of sat in uh, uh, like a two-hour kind of private master class that's amazing that it was it was pretty surreal yeah it was it was pretty cool all right so how did you feel you did did, did James give you the you know, a little nod, like nice job or. You know what I actually learned? It, it's, it's funny. I, I, I the main thing I took away from it was the simplicity of moving around a guitar neck, um, especially for someone who has kind of weird kind of smaller hand, uh, fingers. Right. And I was a drummer. I was in school for drumming and um, I was just starting to learn how to kind of play this thing called a guitar. And I found it difficult and, and I learned from him, there's a simplicity in songwriting, there's a simplicity in playing, but there's simplicity in the the actual technique and how to think about dexterity moving around the guitar neck. Awesome. And rather than worrying about moving your fingers at lightning speed all around the neck, you can make little tiny movements and still work through a chord progression. And the idea stuck with me. Why? Because it was simple. You know, and and when I would put that into practice, actually, that's what let me learn how to play guitar. Awesome. And, and I'm assuming the Pope reference isn't Marty, right? That it's actually the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> clever, cl clever transition. Yeah, no, um, different Pope. Okay, not the Pope different of brands, yeah. Um, no, but that was a cool story. The last agency that I worked with um, in 2015 in Philadelphia we were kind of doing all of the PR and comms and stuff for the world meeting of families. So for people who don't know, it's this global kind of Catholic Congress and it takes place in a different city around the world every three years. And in 2015, the Congress was going to be held in Philadelphia and it was going to be uh, timed around Pope Francis's first visit to the U S and my agency was handling all the stuff for the Congress in Philly. And my position in the agency let me be assigned as kind of like a site captain for one of the places that the Pope was going to be visiting. It was the last visit on his tour. Um, it was when he visited a prison in the Philadelphia area. And so I was wow. kind of like the site captain for that event. And it was the most private, kind of intimate event. And and the Pope spoke to a room full of 
prisoners. We were actually in the prison gym. All the prisoners were lined up, and they had built, in their work, workshop, they had built a custom wooden chair, like, a, like almost like a throne. And they presented to the Pope. The Pope made a speech. And then, to everyone's kind of surprise, afterwards, after his speech, he literally went row by row, uh, greeting and meeting each prisoner, blessing them, giving them wow. a hug, taking a hug wow. in some cases. But then, where you would think he would leave, he literally walked around the entire rest of the gym, meeting and greeting all the other visitors, the dignitaries, the, 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 the police, the prisoners' family members who were there. And at the very end, I found myself in a position where I could shake his hand and, and I think I said, you know, mucho gusto. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a funny, there's a funnier story. But, but for me, we were actually told from the agency, do not do that. Don't make an overture. Don't put yourself in a position. And I kind of said, this is like a once in a lifetime yeah. thing. I get fired. Yeah. You know, hashtag worth right. it. Right. So... Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was. Oh, that's awesome. Well, wow. thank you for that. Yeah. Andy makes me yeah. feel like I don't get out enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. So, Marty, did you know all this about Andy already? Or was that the first yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. No, we've had great discussions about music theory. Uh, Andy knows, um, you know, a hundred times as much as I do. But, you know, we have that in common. And, uh, yeah, we've talked about these things. Yeah, there's probably a few things I don't know. I'm still waiting to hear. <laughs> I love it. Maybe he'll, you know, spill it. Well, it's under court seal. <laughs> Karen and I are thrilled to have you guys on the show, like I said, and we definitely want to get into brand and what you guys are doing, but uh, how did you guys come together? We came together earlier and I didn't know about it, <laughs> but Andy, Andy can tell you about that. And, you know, like, I don't know, five or 10 years earlier, Andy called me up or emailed me because he had an interesting proposition. He wanted me to work with a startup that he was involved with. Uh, that would put on uh, seminars and and keynotes speeches and everything like that and i would i was supposed to be one of the founding members of the talent team we got to talking and i've heard these kinds of schemes before um you know boutique learning uh startups and things like that but he had some ideas that i'd never heard before that seemed really smart and so i said yeah let's let's keep talking and then I went to visit to Philadelphia to do a, a workshop, which might have been for free. Was it, Andy? I think I just... Mm-mm. Hefty fee, but, but I was not the buyer. You see what Marty did? That was masterful. He wanted to make it sound like he did it for free, but he, actually he did not. Yeah. <laughs> that is... yeah. Andy, shut up. Just the opposite. Um, I, I was interested in just finding out what they were doing in case I wanted to get more involved, you know, than just being, you know, one of their stable of teachers. We did that. And after a couple of days, we realized this team was not going to ever gel. And uh, that was a wake up call for Andy. And before I left, he sat me down at breakfast and said, this is not going to work. I see it. And then I don't know, somehow we decided we would just try it ourselves. I think there was a few weeks or months in between that where I finally I said, let's do it, but let's not expect to make any money or be successful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid business strategy. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally how it happened. I remember when he said that and, and he said it just like that. And for me, it was a no brainer. It made no sense to me at the time in my career, in my life and in a where I was, very different place from Marty, it made no sense to do it. And yet it was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And I, I took him seriously when he said we shouldn't expect to make any money. Uh, we really didn't that, that, that first year, but we saw how we could and we threw everything into it. I've thrown everything into it just like he has. And here we are, you know, a few years later and, it's it's changed my life. He knows this, and yeah. So I'm the luckiest. I'm the luckiest guy. I'm the luckiest guy. Any, no, no, no. Oh, I like this. I know. Now, now we're gonna get gross. Right. Let's go back to the shit show. That's the name of the podcast. Partnership is amazing, isn't it? Now, did you instantly both gel about branding? Was it? it was that instantly your focus when you started connecting, or did the branding? And courses evolve for pretty quickly. 
Mm. Andy, what's your recollection? It, it, was, it was all about branding. The level C, what we've been doing together, it came out of that original idea. And like Marty said, the, the startup with which I was associated, it, the, the team just it wasn't there. And, and eventually their financials became an issue. And so it just kind of dissolved itself. And Marty and I kept talking. And we kept talking about this thing, this idea of teaching principles, frameworks, and methods of brand, of branding, mm -hmm. built on Marty's thought leadership. That was, that was always the original idea. Mm -hmm. And to see where we could go. And as we kept talking about it, eventually, it, yeah, it did take a few months of just talking. And clearly, you know, neither one of us could shake the idea. And when he said you know, let's, let's give it a shot. It was always, the, the core idea has been constant from the very beginning. So it was about brand. You know, for me, I had this business idea and the funky challenge of this was to play out the business idea and build a brand around a business teaching principles of brand with the guy who wrote the book on brand. Gotcha. It's a better uh, business strategy than not making any money. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Neither one of us knew exactly how it was going to go, how, what's, what success really necessarily meant in the beginning, right? For us, I think, and, and Marty, I want, I want to hear what Marty thinks. I think I know. We shared a vision. And Marty had a very clear vision, more clear from... I guess the perspective of brand. I had a clear vision for the business. That is what I think gelled so well. And mm -hmm. above all of that, both he and I, we have different personalities, different, different styles and different strengths, right? But we are both kind of fearless. Like we're, we're not afraid to try something. We're not afraid to fail. We're not afraid to make people uncomfortable, okay? And that, I think, has been one of the most important ingredients for our success so far. And it just happens to be something that we teach. Right. Well, let's back up for a second because not all of our audience knows who you are and what you do. So can one of you explain Level C to our audience and the offering that you have to branders? Uh, I'll take a shot. Andy can pick up the pieces. Level C is a boutique educational organization. It's a business, but uh, as you might have guessed, um, it's not primarily a business. It's a way to, you know, make a mark out there to change business really is what we want to do. Uh, we do need to support ourselves and more and more we do because it's become everything, you know, all the work we do is for level C, especially Andy. I think Andy's putting uh, much more time in than I am. So um, it does have to, to make a profit. It, uh, it's been okay. You know, it's been, it was hard in the beginning, which, which is what I predicted. We made no money in the beginning, but we learned a lot and we learned what we had on our hands. And that was the, where we got surprised. In our very first masterclass in London, people got really excited. And I've given a lot of ma uh, masterclasses on the brand gap and other of my books, but nothing like this. So it was just uh, the combination was kind of magic. And what people took away from it was, yeah, the, you know, the principles and the material is great, but a lot of that I already knew because I read Marty's books. Uh, what they really liked was uh, working together, collaborating in class with 50 people, getting to know each other, 50 people from around the world, uh, getting to work together and forming a kind of community around this subject that isn't taught anywhere. Mm -hmm. isn't yeah, taught that's when anywhere. the magic happens, right? Yeah. Yes. So then we thought, well, oh, geez, we have something else on our hands than just um, educational opportunity. Uh, we have a, a community forming and it's forming on its own. I mean, we didn't do anything. I mean, they're all talking to each other and uh, getting really excited. And then they ask us, when's the next class? When, we can, when can we learn something else? And it was, they just kind of dragged us along. So um, it's in a sense, we're just trying to keep up with our uh, students. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, let me push on that a little bit just to make sure um, 
that I get it. So I'm Marty, I interviewed you, I think back in 2018 mm-hmm. and uh, Andy, he was sharing with me this idea and it was squishy still, right? Like I didn't quite know what he meant. And I was comparing it to things that, um, that I, that were kind of out there already. So when you guys first did your, that initial class in London, did you, and, and Andy, maybe this is something you can expound on. Did you guys already have the levels or steps outlined or was it just like, Hey, we're going to do this first thing, see how it goes. And then, evolve from there. Right. And I want to add on to that question. Was there a goal for the student in this process? Well, I'll take that too. And then Andy can uh, fill in the rest. The goal for the student was to get them to feel confident enough that they could take branding to higher levels within companies, either as uh, when a, if a company is a client or whether they're working internally for a client to get to move branding up to the highest level of management instead of being in the middle, the C level. So that's why it's called level C Mm -hmm. uh, because branding has really never had a seat at the table. Marketing, marketing has. And then, you know, in the old days, branding was a small part of marketing. It was uh, small enough to drown in the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Basically it was, it was logos and, and things like that. You know, that's the level that, uh, companies were at. So now we're seeing that, you know, it needs to be raised up. And there are some people that will soon, if they're not already, be qualified to uh, co-lead a company with a, with a CEO. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where we're seeing some people going, but not everyone. I mean, there's no need for every student to rise to that level. Um, they may be very happy working just working on projects and doing a great job with them. So right. you know, everybody's different. Not everybody wants but to it, be a leader. But it helps and gives them a experienced voice at the table yeah, when they does. are they at have, the table. Right. They'll have something to say about everything or some principle to deliver or some experience that they can talk about that will make everyone in the room just get quiet and think for a minute. Right. Uh, that doesn't really exist very much now. So we're hoping to make that change. And uh, to give you an example of what a person like that might look like, this is sort of a, an extreme case, but I would say Steve Jobs was a CBO. He was not a CEO. He acted as a CBO. Right. He worried about uh, customers, uh, what kind of products to put out, what kind of messaging to put out. He wanted to cr- control all that. He wasn't on and the their phone. their overall experience. Yeah. He wasn't on the phone, um, you know, uh, talking to investors and things like that, or pouring over spreadsheets. That wasn't his uh, contribution to Apple. So we think that, that a person like that needs to be the head of any a company of any size, really, because uh, mm-hmm. it's just so much work to do, to do that. That's, that's kind of our original thought for our students, and Andy probably wants to um, add some color to that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because this is a conversation that I, I actually just kind of initiated with Marty this week, this idea of, you know, a few years down the road, we've done more than 30 workshops at different levels with, you know, over a thousand professionals from around the world. And there's between feedback that we've received and reflection on what we've done and how we've done it. You know, I, I kind of put a question to Marty this week is that ascension to the C-suite, is that still the point or is it a, a big part of a bigger thing? And I think the answer is a combination of both. But at the end of the day, we're still anchored to that idea of, yes, we want to help our students change business mm-hmm. using... This way of thinking, and that's something that has emerged for for both of us. Um, that wasn't there in, in the beginning when we realized what we were really doing, and we thought about what the bigger value is. We're not teaching people how to do branding. We know that there are a lot of workshops out there, a lot of programs that talk about that. There's a lot of free content out there, lots of checklists and templates, and, and totally understand why and where it comes from. I would say the main thing that makes us different is that we don't do that. We emphasize how to think about brand, how to think about customers, how to think about product, how to think about using not just design, but design with strategy, strategy with design, how to think about how to collaborate 
with colleagues, with vendors, different creative partners, how to collaborate with a client, how to collaborate with senior management. Mm -hmm. Okay. All of those things are what enables that confidence that Marty described and to be effective in kind of the day to day. So that just as color, our thing is, you know, we, we want people to feel uncomfortable when they take a masterclass with us because that's how we know that the way they think, which will drive the way they perform, the way they activate, the way they do what they do, that's how we know the change will happen. Okay. okay. And and the last thing to, to just to think about is like when everyone uses this word brand and branding, most of the time they're talking about it in the context that Marty laid out for all of us. You know, how can I be different? How can I be unique? How can I stand out? How can I be only, right? And what we've noticed is a lot of people can read all the books, they can take all the master classes, they can consume all the content. And yet when they come to us thinking that they know their shit, it's just fluffy. It's, it's very arbitrary. And what we do is right from the first level class that we do, we try to kind of recalibrate everyone. I could to, imagine. To understand. There's, we're going to throw this at you in a very different, different way. We're very confident about how we do that. We're very confident about its stickiness. We're confident about its value. And we have confidence in our students to actually take it and run with it. Right. And we're always looking to see how we can dial it up even more. Love it. Okay. I'll circle back on my experience since I've done a couple levels. In fact, Andy, you, you'll appreciate this. I go to Marty and I was like, hey, you remember that class you talked about? I think you're doing it. You know, like, I want to talk to Andy about how I can help. And he's like, yeah, you got to take the courses first. <laughs> and I'm just like, I've been doing this for a long time. He's like, yeah, you got to take the courses. And I love what that. I love about that. And, and, and it was irritating as hell. But what I loved about it and to what you just said, Andy, is that, like you said, you can read a book. But until you actually, a lot of us, especially a lot of creatives, learn by doing, learn by seeing, learn by experiencing. Um, I actually felt the material in a different way, right? Because although I, in some ways I didn't learn new things, I did learn how to interact with my team better. And so it made me a better creative director because uh, I was able to come back and share some of the experiences that we had and everything else. And so that was really great. And to everyone who's listening to this, I just say this right now, I absolutely think you should look at doing this. It is extremely rewarding and extremely hard. Um, and I think that's actually a beneficial sales point, but before I go in there and, and, you know, kind of talk more about that, can you describe, you know, either of you can kind of, uh, workshop this, but you know, when someone signs up for the first level, you know, what should they expect? Like, what's it like? Again, I'm going to piggyback on that question. Who is the correct audience or the best audience? Oh, okay. The, the, let me answer that. So it's just what we thought in the beginning. Um, it's um, anybody already involved in brand uh, usually, or maybe sometimes they're not very involved in brand, but they're involved in, let's say, design, where they know that they have to connect with branding somehow, and they're feeling a little bit lost or a, a little bit without a voice, you know, like not understanding uh, how to connect their work to something bigger. And so mm -hmm. brand is the connection between uh, business uh, goals and, uh, you know, customer experience, you know, and design. So design needs to connect with business and brand is the area where they overlap. So super right. important for anybody, uh, you know, either trying to push a business forward or trying to get something done in design where typically you don't have a, a very strong voice uh, to, you know, it gives you a lot of power. So I think it's, it's, you know, project managers, it's designers, it's, um, management people of all kinds. It's entrepreneurs. Um, it's uh, researchers, you know, who are in, you know, market research, marketing people, marketing directors come to it. Mm -hmm. Am I leaving anybody out, Andy? I don't think so. Writers. I've had some writers. And writers. Yeah. yeah, writers. Yes. Sure. And we need more. We need more writers. Uh, writing is a super big part of branding, being able to express yourself. I don't think that our students, the members of this tribe, I don't look, I stopped looking at them in terms of role. You know, I'm looking for a mindset in, in, math, in, in every class now at this point. And, and, and especially for folks who have already done maybe the first level or even the first two levels like Justin, 
So when someone like Justin asks, Andy, when, when is level three? When is that going to be? I'll look forward to seeing him, but my expectations, not just of his performance, but his mindset is kind of off the charts, okay? Um, and I don't care so much about the role anymore, if, if for no other reason, because on the very first day of the very first level class that we do, one of the first things we talk about is it doesn't matter what your role is. All of these roles that Marty was just describing, whether you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, you're you know, a junior account manager, you're a copywriter, you're a creative needs to work together mm -hmm. yeah it's a one way or another branding is branding demands collaboration that's the biggest yeah. lesson you cannot do a brand by yourself it requires a lot of different uh skills and working together you know it's not like having throw 10 superstars in a room and have a great brand they it's throw 10 people in a room that can work together and they don't have to be superstars right, right. they'll do they'll do really good work um if they know the principles of of branding and uh, to me, collaboration is key in branding. It's key to business, and it's key uh, to changing society and uh, getting the world on the right path. So, you know, right now there's no collaboration. That's the problem. So this is a good place to start. And the people who come to our classes, they have skills. You know, they've already developed skills. So we're not teaching a lot of that. Although we have also added that for people who want to work on various uh, special skills that they're weak in or that they're strong in and they want to get stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, the main thing, though, is being able to work together under this, this sort of uh, structure of branding. So there are the rules for, for this, right? We have to teach the rules so that people know how to play this game together. I think that's fantastic. And I realize we often talk about branding as a team sport, right? Like we, everyone has to play their role. And the goal is really the victory in the end, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we, we lose as a team, we win as a team, quote unquote. Um, and I, I think branding is, is no different. And I, I think you guys do a great job in, in that. So I want to talk about, you know, Andy, last time uh, we did a course, I, I think one of the things you said that was great is, hey, when you go out, and this is really, um, this is a two-part question, so hang with me here. Um, you said, when you go out and tell people about the course, tell them it's fucking hard. Those are your exact words. Right. And I love that. And I love that because this isn't a fluff thing, right? Like when you go, you're going to learn something, and take away something. But I think that the way you phrased it is also how you are building the level C brand as a somewhat disruptive attitude. So can you talk more about why you think that is and, uh, you know, your positioning on level C of, of having that kind of attitude? I can try. Um, <laughs> so there, there are a couple of things. The first is, I think any any attitude, any disruptive attitude, or any disruptor's attitude, I think is a big reflection first on Marty before it is on me. But then second, individually, I think that Marty and I complement each other stylistically rather well. And it was something I was I was a little worried about more for myself than than for him in the beginning. You know. Marty is West Coast. I'm, you know, East Coast. I, I, I have that kind of Philly attitude. I'm from Philly originally. Um, I embrace it. I love it. You know, won't apologize for it. And it's not for everyone, but it's just who I am. And I, I like to think that I dial that up in the classes because that is what I would always want as a student myself. That's not for everyone either. I think if we talk about education as a big category first, and if we talk about education as a product that Marty and I offer, uh, I think he would agree with this too. There's way too much bullshit in education these days. And I say that as the son and the, grand and the grandson of educators, college professors, okay? And Marty and I talked a lot about that at the beginning. We didn't want to do fluff. We didn't want to do bullshit. We wanted to make it hard. We didn't want to hold hands. And we wanted to be unapologetic about that. And that's not for everyone. It took, it's taken me a long time to actually be okay with that, with not, with being an education company and recognizing we can't be and won't be for everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm okay with that now. I think Marty's okay with that now. Um, 
at the same time, the one of the most valuable aspects of valuable education is the challenge of it. Not giving answers, helping students discover and understand the answer, how they got to the answer, how they can get to the answer again on their own. So, so as an example, and then I want I want to hear what Marty thinks. You know, just Justin, you took a version. Uh, you took kind of like version 1.0 of the first the first class. Um, one of the differences, one of the changes we've made is now uh, uh, speaking about collaboration, you pass or you fail as a team, not as an individual. Ooh. Wow. So you have to demonstrate you can't you can't sit back, you can't park yourself and just kind of ride ride through. You have to perform as a team, which means you have to do your part because teams will have four or five or six people. So you can't really just lose yourself or, or hang in the shadow and ride on everyone else, else's shoulders. So we do that in level one, we do that in level two, and we're going to do it in level three. You must demonstrate that. That's really hard. You know why? Because we're human beings. We have different personalities, different agendas, different attitudes and opinions. Right? If you put Marty and I on the same team in one of our master classes, it wouldn't be the smoothest sailing, right? Because in that moment, we are we would be on the spot to perform, but we would still need to work together. Mm -hmm. The best way to do that is to use the tools and the, and the the principles of collaboration that we teach. So we've learned after three years and thirty different workshops, we've learned that the harder it is the more value everyone gets out of it. And it's for this wide range of people, including people like Marty, because no one knows it all. You have 30 years of experience, no one knows. I, we, I've had people email me and say, Andy, I, I'm, I'm the, the chief branding officer of this. I'm, I, I have 30 years of experience this. My clients have been this. So I should be able to just go to level five. And it's like, well, you don't know more than Marty. You may know things that he doesn't, but you don't know more. Marty doesn't know more than Marty. I don't know more than Marty. And we learn new things every class that we That's cool. Yep. Very cool. So let me ask you, when you have these groups, do people in the groups play different roles? Yeah. They, they decide among themselves who's going to do what. So that's part of the challenge. I can, uh, I can put together the presentation. I'm really good at presentations. Okay. Mary Jo, you do the presentation. Um, okay, and someone else says, I'm really good at taglines. Give me a shot at the tagline. Someone else says, I can do, uh, I can slap together a logo pretty quickly. You know, they'll just, they'll look at what they have to do. They'll divide up the work and take their best shot. Uh, some people can do more than one thing, but, you know, the, the thing is, is to practice what you do best uh, and let everybody else have a role to play so that the team is clicking. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what we found is teams that, that learned how to work together uh, on the fly, do better work than um, a team of discombobulated superstars right. <laughs> you know, who just sit around arguing all the time, you know? <laughs> right. And this is online and in-person yes. education. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we started out being totally in-person, but COVID put it into that and we, we had to learn right. how to do this. And now we find that it um, has great advantages to, to working this way for the students. Uh, it costs them less. Uh, they can uh, time shift things a little bit. And we can still uh, meet in person for a special, like the end of a master class or a higher master class that, where it's really worth it. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. By the way, I would love to see you, Andy and Marty, in a class because Marty would be sassy and Andy would be, you know, Andy. It would just be so great to just see that go back and forth. It, <laughs> right. also, would be, it also would be magical. To be honest, though, I think Andy's a sassy one, but maybe. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm a softy. That's why I need Andy. I don't know. Hey, Marty, in class, you can bring it. So um, okay. I appreciate that. You know, we we were we were we we tried this last year in level three, first version of level three. We tried to kind of do like a team Andy versus team Marty thing, but one of the reasons why that actually collapsed was because we didn't want folks or. You know, we do some classes. We try to do classes now with guest clients in the mix.
context. So nothing is really kind of hypothetical. We try to make everything that we do as real mm. and applicable as possible. We didn't want we didn't want people getting distracted and focused only on kind of Team Marty beating Team Andy or everyone wanting to see Marty and I literally physically in the room kind of go toe to toe and out you know, try to out present out strategize forget about out design because Marty Marty has the advantage there but it plays to this bigger idea one of the reasons why Marty and I work so well together is because we've recognized what we're good at and what we're not so mm-hmm. the things that I'm not good at the things that I can't do or maybe I could do and just don't want to he can and vice versa and that's kind of like where our approach to collaboration starts. Like it's important to accept that. And, you know, if you want to call it your superpower, embrace your fucking superpower, right? right. Um, let others embrace theirs, okay? Karen, you asked folks work together. How does that work? Do they take on their own roles? Sometimes they do. Sometimes it's a fucking train wreck. <laughs> it is. We've, we've had, we've seen in our classes, which should be, you know, the safest space for this to happen, we've seen what ha- you know. We've seen the same thing happen that happens day to day in reality. Let me ask you: in the teams, is there a lead or a decision maker? Yes. So what we've learned is having some kind of pre-architectured leadership mm-hmm. is needed. Why? Because collaboration demands leadership as much as it demands individuality. Right. Okay. And we, we talk about this in level one. And even when, when, and when I presented now, I beat the horse dead like three or four times over. And you know what happens? People still, they default to bad habits, right? But what we've done now is we have in every class now at every level, we have folks we call senior captains right? So these are folks who have been through all the classes with us so far. They've had, they've had experience kind of co-leading with me. And so they will play this kind of synthetic leadership role, right? To make sure that people stay on the rails, if you will. Um, that's hard for some people because some people, they have an alpha personality. They have mm-hmm. their own uh, a, a, a sense of, of self-consciousness, right? They, they want and they over, want to overcompensate by, you know, standing 10 feet tall when they're really not, right? Um, there's, no, there's no room. There's no room for that. So we now have leadership baked into every class That's great. that we lead. The higher, you go, the higher you go, though, you have to be able to... Marty and I, we don't want to see each of you demonstrate leadership. We demand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we talk sense. we talk about the need for that kind of person in, I don't know which class is master class one or two, as um, an X-shaped person. So you've probably heard uh, the Silicon Valley um, idea that you need to hire, well, there's I-shaped people and there's, um, what are the, what's the other shape? <laughs> T-shaped. T-shaped, right. So T-shaped person is the Silicon Valley idea. A T-shaped person, well, an I-shaped person is like a total nerd, you know, uh, a geek who knows nothing else except for his or her her specialty and really doesn't connect with other people very well because they only know this one thing and they don't understand right. why nobody, nobody gets them, right? And they can still be very powerful if someone is kind of managing them on a team. But what you really want is T-shaped people. So they're like I-shaped people with a crossbar at the top. And that's enough understanding of other adjacent uh, roles and skill sets that you can work with other people, understand what they're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. So what we've done is added to that an X-shaped person. The X-shaped person has uh, skills in a number of areas, has been there, done that, knows what's involved, doesn't need to be the person coming up with the final idea, but can manage a group of people and know how they all work together. So the X-shaped person is the captain of the teams. And we've got some good ones. Andy's been really great in recruiting those people, and they love doing it. Mm-hmm. They get paid something, not a lot, but they do it because they learn uh, from the experience. Right. Now, have they gone through the program? Yes. Yep. Okay. okay. They have to, because there's a vocabulary. Um, you know, I've been working on the dictionary of brand. It's called brand A to Z. You can get it free on my website. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to d- define once once and for all, all the terms that we use in branding, 
and to make it really simple so people like they can remember the terms. They have to know the vocabulary. And that gets sort of doled out class by class. You learn more ideas and more ideas. Right. Yeah, I've downloaded that book. That is an excellent book. And we'll oh, make sure you. that's in the show notes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And just to clarify, too, the, the co-leaders, they've gone as high as you have available, right? You're yeah. still developing yep. the higher yeah. tiers. Yeah, we're building um, on, building upward. I will say that, uh, you know, I was teasing earlier about um, being annoyed. Uh, but what I really loved about it was for other people that maybe have done it for a while, like I was able to be a part of be a part of a team and just lead a, a part. Right. And that's what I loved is, uh, you know, building up other people on the team and, you know, collaborating in a way that there was pressure, of course, because we want to pass. But it's it was just fun again. Um, and that's one of the things I really enjoyed was that uh, what I walked away with was why is it fun there when it should be fun in my day to day? Right. And that was the thing that I was like, I need to shift that for what we're doing, because um, that there's really no difference. Right. right. Um, and so that's that's one of the parts I really appreciate about the classes so far. Well, that's what we wanted. Um, although, you know, it's funny, I don't think we knew that that's what we wanted in the very beginning, but when we saw it, like Marty said, in the first class that we did, that's what it was. And when we saw that and when I saw that, I was like, yeah, like, I just, I want more. And the thing about it is, is it the absolute best right way for everyone? No, it's not. I don't, I don't know that there is a best right way. I think that there are better writer ways. Um, and I do think after doing this, maybe not as long as Marty, but long enough to, to see different approaches, what we teach and, and the experience that we try to create in every class at every level is one of those absolute better writer ways. Just happens to be that much fun, which look, you may not agree with the way you may not agree with some of the principles, the frameworks, you know, we've had people really try to kind of show us up and, and we get it. It's <laughs> fine. We're, you know, we're open, we're open-minded. Um, but you know, if, if for nothing else, it should be fun. Mm -hmm. It should be fun. Fun is what lets you do. Let's those of us who are practicing this thing, lets us do the best work. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that, isn't that kind of the point? Yeah, that's, yes. that's where the One fun comes points. from. You get a lot of satisfaction from doing your best work um, yeah. and surprising yourself. When you're doing your best work, you, the outcome should be better than you expected, right? It should be like, yeah. oh, my God, how did I even do that? That's amazing. So we want more of those kind of, uh, you know, those peak moments for people. And uh, we want them to get addicted to those. Yeah. And I think for anyone who's feeling that weight, I know my group having just coming out of COVID, like to be able to play and learn together was mm -hmm. like a, a treat. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, wherever you are in your career, I think that's um, that's one of the, the great um, benefits is to just get back into what got you into it in the first place. Right. And, and to be with other brilliant students to, uh, I mean, I mean, on one of our projects, I know we got in a disagreement and it was awesome how we kind of worked through it. Um, because a, we had, we had to, right. Um, but also, uh, the only way to work through it is to listen to each other. And so that was, um, that was, that was really great. Yeah. I'm still, look, I'm still waiting for a game of Thrones session. I'm still waiting for at least <laughs> one team, one class oh God. to kind of like literally like need therapy, need, need a medic. Um, <laughs> but, but I pro I promise everyone, I promise Marty, like I'll keep pushing until that happens and then we'll see kind of um, how it goes. Yeah. We have had, Andy and I have had discussions because, uh, you know, this is a, Level C is changing all the time as we learn more about it, as our students tell us what they need, and we, it just reveals itself to, uh, to us as we go on. Um, we s sat down and tried to figure out, like, what do we really have? Like, what could we compare this to in history, if we can be that bold as to place ourselves in history or, or find a, an equivalent? And we came to the realization that really what we're like, what we want to be like, is something like the Bauhaus, the pre-war German school um, that had a big idea, 
which was how do we combine art and industrialism? How do we bring art to industry? And so we're trying to bring humanity to business, you know, mm-hmm. and art to business. So it's similar. And in, in one way it's similar is that it's not about us. It's about the students, just like it was with the Bauhaus. The Bauhaus had genius uh, teachers, you know, who, who started out as genius students and then they became teachers and then they kept experimenting and driving everything forward. Um, and, you know, basically almost single-handedly created the, the, the discipline of design as, you know, modern design, really. Awesome. So, especially for product and especially product design. And, and the thing about what I love about this idea is, you know, and I said this to Marty yesterday, um, first of all, Anyone who's listening right now, if you've never heard of the Bauhaus, fucking Google the Bauhaus. It'll be in the okay. show notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> think, great, great. Um, if you if you have heard of the Bauhaus, if you know something about that about the Bauhaus, learn more because as Marty and I have really looked at what not just what the Bauhaus was, but how it was. Yeah. How did they get there? What how did, did it know, do? What was this, the the environment that made it necessary mm. uh, to to build something like the Bauhaus. So yeah, somebody said he's like, you know, we're basically trying to be the Bauhaus of brand. And it's a short step from the Bauhaus of brand to the Bauhaus of business, right? And then business wow. has a huge effect on society. Um, and so, and there's a big, there are big goals that, that we have to achieve if we're going to get out of the, the rut that we're in, you know, the sort of the, the winding down of the industrial age uh, which is causing all kinds of problems for us. How do we get up to that next level? And there's really no way to do that without using design. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. There's no way because Amen. it's never been done before. We don't have right. any uh, model for a new world, right? We've only been doing the industrial design thing since really the agricultural age, you know, farming. And then that became publishing, which became machinery. Uh, we only know how to grow, 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 make machines and, and wreck stuff use a lot of resources and so that's not going to get that's not going to get us where we need to go and so what you, what's the good thing about design and design thinking is you imagine solutions you prototype them and you test them right and so yeah. that's the only way to find out what's going to work because we don't have models we've been doing it wrong right. but we did we, you know it wasn't always wrong it's just not wrong now because mm-hmm. we've uh, we've we've taken it to <laughs> this is a very extreme level the industrial age I do believe that businesses, medium, large, and corporations are ready for this. I know I experience it as a brand strategist, and I do think that it's the perfect time for you guys to do what you're doing. It's amazing. So thank you for everything. Thank you for your commitment. Thanks. I think we agree. I think it's important. And we do really try to do this unapologetically too. It's important to understand that companies probably feel ready for it. Yeah. And they probably feel a need for it. The challenge is they want certainty and predictability. Correct. And if not, if not a guarantee and what it takes to get there means there can be no certainty no guarantee. And and if, you know, you can call it, you know, risk aversion, whatever. We're trying to dial up this idea of risk management, right, through the lens of brand. And, and I know Justin had a question, what comes after this level three thing um, that, that he wants to take? Well, we want to start talking more about that idea of risk, talking about what no one really wants to talk about when they talk about brand, which is money. I love that. Thinking about, I love that. Thinking about looking at brand by extension business through a financial lens, but, but, but not at the expense of brand, not at the expense of the customer, not relegating the customer, us basically behind that. Okay. So I, I totally agree with you, Karen. I think it's important for everyone to understand like what are the really, the, what's the big obstacle mm-hmm. in the way now? Because if you can recognize the obstacle, it's just it's a, it's a crapshoot. Who wants to who wants to play craps twenty four seven? No one does, right? At some point, you want to know, you want to win, you want to figure out what can I do to increase my chances of winning. Um, right. And so I think that's a big part of 
what we're embracing going forward, what we want to dial up. And the cool thing is, for every masterclass that we do, it might be, it might be, I don't know, six, eight, ten hours of content. But the truth is, you can unpack that, and it becomes days worth mm -hmm. of content. Right? Where we really only kind of scratch the surface. So, for what it's worth, you've talked me into it. <laughs> well, See you in class. <laughs> well, the, you guys have been so gracious. Thanks for your time, and and you know, Marty, I, I've I, uh, I I say this to you probably almost every time I see you. Um, I'm so grateful for you know you starting with the brand gap and going to where you are now. And Andy, man, you are an awesome instructor. I'm I'm grateful for you guys and all the work you're doing. I think you know, obviously, for someone like Karen and I and our co-hosts who are in the business. Uh, we're grateful as well um, to not only, you know, help educate our peers, but also to educate business on the value of the brand. The whole concept of elevating our business. Yeah. You know, the, the, just to put a cap on that, um, I spent five years uh, putting out a magazine uh, for designers called Critique to teach designers how they work. Paul Rand is the great Paul Rand, a uh, great designer. Uh, gave us this instruction for critique before he died. He said, your job is to teach designers what they're doing. Mm. All right. So what I took that to mean is how design connects with business, right? And which he was pretty good at. Um, so um, I tried to do that. And what I found out was designers don't really want to, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> They want to make pretty pictures. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. So my magazine was a failure. It was so much work and it just never, it just never got easier. And so I had to quit at some point, but I think designers are ready. For I think it. they're more ready now, but when I turned it the other way around, I always get things backwards in the beginning. And this is a good example. I, and I started um, addressing business people about design. That was a winner. They're like, yeah design is great. I just don't get it, but we want that. You know, it's like helping them figure out how to do branding, how to get design to do what they wanted to do was a huge success. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great news for designers, but you, we have to have a handshake, right? I mean, you know, business people need to understand brand terms and design terms. Designers need to understand business, uh, the, the, you know, the issues of business and that area where they overlap is branding. That's where everybody can play together on the same field. Yep. Love it. Yep. Well, Love thanks it. again. Uh, we will share all of the links and everything else on our show notes. Uh, thanks yes, a lot, guys. Thank you. Thanks both of you.